Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Tim Talks Sports Podcast. My name is Tim, and tonight I'm going to be talking about sports. In this pod, we generally talk about your Colorado State Rams, football, basketball, the Colorado Rockies, and the Denver motherfucking Nuggets. A couple things off the top. Um, I put out a movie podcast a couple days ago on The Batman quite good. Actually, I put it out yesterday. It's quite good. I like the podcast. I like the movie. Watch the movie. Watch, Listen to the podcast. Have a good time. The Broncos podcast. I released one this morning, uh, Free Agency Primer. Most of it's actually still in play because the Broncos didn't do anything and because I didn't make any large-scale predictions for them. So it kind of all went according to plan. Um, I've got tomorrow's recorded already, and I'll drop that in the old inbox. It'll be available at 5 a.m. So on to today's. Um, we have... Rams stuff, which I found interesting. Uh, ESPN tweets out. ESPN tweets out about an hour ago now. It's it's eight eight ten uh, Mountain Standard um, that that Colorado State has a sixty four percent chance of being upset by Michigan. A lot of this that I mean I'm sure there's statistics that back it up, but they don't really make sense to me. Um, the BPI. What this tells me is that the BPI must not have CSU being a six seed. They must have them being much lower because um, the Michigan Wolverines are the worst at-large team to draw a bid in 20 years. So BPI must really hate the Rams. My guess is that they really hate um, mid-markets in general. Although they, everybody loves Gonzaga, like the, all the the ratings love Gonzaga, and West Coast Conference isn't a strong, a super strong conference. So um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. This seems strange to me, but I don't really give a fuck what a computer says about my Rams. They don't know David Roddy. David Roddy's going to play forty minutes, and he's going to destroy whoever this white guy is on Twitter that I'm looking at right now. He's going to fuck that guy up. Baseball. Baseball, there was a lot of movement today. A lot of movement. Um, one thing happened that isn't official yet, but it like pretty it was pretty sad in general. So the Atlanta Braves traded for Mike Olson, first baseman of the Athletics formerly, which pretty much all but signaled the departure of one Freddie Freeman. Now, I'm not a Braves fan. I'm not like a Braves fan at all, but it is really sad to see when these guys, who are basically the Todd Heltons of your team, and they're just shown the door, they're just broomed because of money. You're not going to tell me that Freddie Freeman would rather play in Los Angeles in front of their fans than rather play in Atlanta. It's because the Atlanta ownership did not want to pay enough money to keep Freddie Freeman in the Braves uniform. So, you know, it is what it is. He's a 30-year-old player, over 30, and... uh he plays first base. Does that hold that much value to you? Does he equate to $25 million a year if you're a... Uh, they're not a mid-market team, but they're not one of the five tax teams, right? Does that equate to that large of a contract, a $300 million contract potentially? No, probably not. Probably more like a $250 million contract for a, for a first baseman in his 30s. That by the end of that contract, it's going to look really bad. You can see it from both sides, but it just it really is painful to watch players like that leave their cities. Because I know what, I know what it's like. It's like when Nolan left, because a team didn't want to 
acquire talent. And when they did, they fucked it up. So it's hard. But the reason why it's mentioned in the first place, he's going to go play for the Dodgers. It's not, it's not official. There's nothing that's been said. He's going to go play for the Dodgers, and that sucks. Word has broken down that uh, the Rockies have interest in three outfielders, Kyle Schwarber, Michael Conforto, but most importantly, Chris Bryant. I know he plays third base, but he's going to play left field for the Rockies. Potentially right field, but probably left field. Um, again, I like the sticks. You know, I'm not going to complain about getting these sticks. I just think that from a strategy standpoint, these aren't the players you should be going after. You should probably be going after somebody with the defensive skill set. Anyways, if we get Chris Bryant, I'm going to be so jacked. It's going to be great. It's going to be all hype all the time. I'm going to be stoked. I'm probably still going to boycott the games, but I'm going to watch them on television and tweet about them nonstop. Boycott the games. I'm probably going to have to go to all the games now that I'm doing this. Christ. Anyways, basketball. Let's talk basketball. I'm not. Uh, the Broncos did sign somebody after I put out the Broncos pod. I'll talk about that on, on the Broncos pod. We're going to talk basketball. So this game was a game of runs. It's a. They were down 37 to 22 at the end of the first quarter. And to be honest, it didn't look that close. It didn't look like a 15 point separation. Michael Malone dialed up a game plan that I thought was dramatic. He did this in the playoffs last year. This two-on-ball aggressive style instead of man basketball. Like I, I don't understand why you can't just play one-on-one. Sure, he's James Harden. If you you didn't take away James Harden, right? I mean, you're not taking away players when you do this. But who am I? They looked terrible, just awful, until the bench arrived. Let's look at these bench numbers really fast because it's incredible. Okay, Bones Highland. We'll come back to him. Austin Rivers, okay, so his stats never pop, right? Four four points, one and two from three, one and two from the line. It's whatever. Two assists, a rebound, and two steals. Man, is he the toughest defender on the team. Aaron Gordon gets the hype. Aaron Gordon gets the praise. Austin Rivers is the heart and soul of a defensive unit, and he is so tough. He moves his feet so well, and he keeps his man in front of him. He absolutely keeps his man in front of him. He's great. Brent Forbes. Two of five, one of three from three, three fouls. That is one thing that this unit does. They they foul the shit out of the opponent. Uh, 16 fouls for the bench. It's incredible. Bones Highland didn't foul, but everybody else did. Brent Forbes, two of five, one of three from three. His shot has waned um, ever since that four or five, four games and five nights, but you got to think he's going to he's gonna get it back. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. It's a, when your bench has a good night and DeMarcus Cousins is the third best contributor, your bench had a real good night. I mean, just straight up. The guy was tough. He played good defense. He sank two very important threes. Uh, he only had eight points, but they were important points. Three six in the field, three rebounds, four assists, a steal. No blocks, but his presence in the interior is very important. It's very important. Does he commit stupid fouls? Sure he does, but that's okay. Because his toughness and his ability to call people out on their dumbassery, it uh, it helps the team as a whole. Ja Green, Jermichael Green, man, was he good tonight. So Aaron Gordon, he got hurt. Ja Green finished the game. Five of six, he didn't take a three-pointer. He took two mid-rangers, which were totally uncharacteristic of him, and they both went in. It was beautiful. And some dunks. 
uh, seven rebound or eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, and he was a plus 12. Ten points. He closed down the game, though. His defense was what was important, and he, he played tough defense. Embiid got taken out in this game. There was a hard foul, and J. Mike was the distributor of the foul. And so that that's probably going to get talked about. It seemed like a clean play. He got a flagrant one, but it seemed like a clean play. Uh, J. Mike, like if if you have observed J. Mike, you know he's not trying to dispense justice or hurt a brittle player. And media might call that dirty. I don't think it's dirty. It just seemed it was rough. It was a tough foul on a guy that's brittle. Bones Highland, the talk of the town. Four threes. I think they were all in the fourth quarter. Uh, 21 points. Not one of them was on the three-point line. Like they were all five. They were all at least five feet behind the line. Omi was Omi was firing. Like he 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 played really well. He played really great. Defense is still not his strong suit, right? He gets switched a lot. He gets driven around. You know, he's a turnstile. But Bones, man, did he light it up? Man, did he just light it up? And they needed him to. They won by four points. They outscored them. They scored the the Sixers by eleven points in the fourth. They needed those points. Let's let's go to the starters. Monte Morris. He was mostly quiet tonight. You know, he had some uh, some shots that were good. He got blocked at least once that I can think of. I think he block, got blocked twice. Um, he's got that really fast move where he just blows got by a guy and gets to the basket. Well. Embiid was there one time, and uh, some other somebody else was there another time. He got blocked twice tonight. Uh, not great, but but he definitely helped the flow of the offense. You can tell when he's not on the floor because there's a lot of dribbling when he's not on the floor. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon got hurt. Uh, he was hurt coming into the game. He really wanted to play this game for Jokic because you could tell the effort on the floor in the first five minutes was tremendous. The team really wanted to win. They were treating it like a playoff game, and they wanted to take the Sixers out. Well, Gordon was hurt, so he didn't have any business being in the game. So that really hurt them. Uh, James Harden didn't score a lot in that first quarter when Aaron Gordon was on him, but James Harden did create a lot for others in that first quarter. Um, There was also a lot of... Aaron Gordon was supposed to cover Joel Embiid when Jokic would come out of the paint to double the ball handler. And, you know, he got cooked. He got filleted. Pretty sure that Embiid had 16 first quarter points. Wound up with 34, so that's okay. Jeff Green. Jeff Green, you know, you you really do remember the highlights. And they were really important tonight. Him busting down the court on... On these breakaway runs, on these drives, on these sweet passes from Nicola, they changed the tide. There were two or three turnovers that generated breakaway drives that generated the turning of the tide. The bench also, but those plays at the end of the f- second quarter, the first half, from Nikola Jokic to Will Barton, from Nikola Jokic to Jeff Green, they stemmed the bleeding. They created a path to victory. So Jeff Green is... He my favorite player to watch? No. But he has a lot of very great qualities that we will take. We will have Jeff Green because his willingness to run tonight may have saved the Nuggets. It also might have been Bones Highland shooting the shit out of the ball. Uh, but the willingness to run of Jeff Green 
was incredible. All right, Will Barton. Will Barton had a good night from the offensive side of the ball, just looking at the box, right? Just looking at the box. He had shot 50%, three of eight, or three of six from three, three or four from the line, 20 points, two assists, three rebounds. I don't really want to bash on Barton. It was a good offensive night from him, and we'll take it. Nikola Jokic, he was quiet tonight, right? It didn't feel like he controlled the game much. This game was a game of runs, and at the end of the second half, he controlled the game, at, which which is important because the Sixers weren't playing Joel Embiid on Nikola Jokic. When Nikola Jokic would come back in, they would pull Joel Embiid. When Joel Embiid would come back in, they would wait to bring him in until Nikola Jokic left. He would. So what would happen is Joel Embiid would leave early in the first, Nikola would sub out, Joel, Joel would come back in, and then... When Nicola was ready to come back in in the second quarter, uh, Joel would sub out for a few minutes, and then they would play the, the last couple of minutes to close. It It's a recurring habit. You see that with Gobert. You see that with a lot of teams not wanting to play on Jokic. And it worked, right? I mean, up until... I mean, they were up. They were up at certain points at early in the third quarter. But the game didn't belong to the Nuggets till the last two minutes. And that was largely because one VCU standout shot the lights out. So, but it was an amazing game. It was incredible. When I think about it, when I remember this game, I won't remember it though, as Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, they have the biggest stat lines. I imagine that if you go back through, you're going to find more than eight assists. For Nikola Jokic, I think there was a triple double in there. Uh, he just kind of got shafted by uh, the scorekeeper. I mean, there was none of it on ESPN. Um, I imagine there was more than just what ESPN was taking note of. Um, but when I remember this game, I won't remember it as that. I will remember it as the bench game, right? Ja Green defending his ass off and, and setting picks. And, and making those those short jumpers, those mid-range jumpers. DeMarcus Cousins demanding respect in the paint. Playing tough, beating up the opposing team. Bones Highland drilling threes. Oh, and DeMarcus Cousins drilling threes. Austin Rivers playing incredible defense. And Brent Forbes, was he was there. That's what I'll remember, right? And I think it's soured, right? It's soured a little bit. Like, the game's amazing. We won. It was great. But I think the starters' minutes are soured, like they're all in minus numbers, because of the game plan. Because Aaron Gordon tried to tough it out. I mean, it it really hurt him. Those are two of the best players on earth, and Aaron Gordon tried to tough it out, and it nearly cost them the game. He needs to take his time, because, and I haven't checked, maybe he's hurt worse than just take his time coming back, but it says he was throwing up, so... That's a good thing. Stomach ailment is not a long-term problem. So, I mean, this is the first game that I've watched of Joel Embiid in a long time. Every time the Nuggets play Joel Embiid, uh, he's out, he's hurt. Since 2019, this is the first time that Joel Embiid has played Nikola Jokic. So it's the... I I actually, you know, I kind of like Joel Embiid. I don't like James Harden. Like, if that guy fell off a cliff, it'd be cool. Uh, 
like Tobias Harris, I've always really liked. I, I like ever since, you know, he came into the league. He was like the youngest player in that draft, and uh, he was barely eighteen or whatever. I mean, I really liked Tobias Harris back in the day. He's much older, much tougher, much grittier now. Um, I really like Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey. You know, I just get the vibe of him being like Bones Highland, but hardened a little bit because he lives in the stupidest, ugliest, shittiest city in the world. Latisse Thibel, I I mean, other than the fact that he hacked the shit out of Nikola Jokic and a lot, like he had a couple blocks, right? He had two blocks, six steals. So there's a several of those plays uh, that were fouls, you know, but it is what it is. Danny Green's a guy that I've pulled in the past to, to try to get onto Denver. Actually, last summer, I, I thought he might be a viable uh, Will Barton replacement, but as he's not getting any minutes, and tonight was fucking terrible, I guess not. George's Niang for the Sixers, so hilarious. He saved the Nuggets tonight. George's Niang is a minus 19 in this game. For some reason, he was closing. He shot 2 of 10 from a 3-point, including in the last 5 seconds, he bounced a ball off the side of the backboard. It's fantastic. DeAndre Jordan got abused in this game. Shake Milton, he made a three. I remember the three, so I, whenever I'm like, oh, I remember random fucking idiot making a three. There must have been 30 of them. No, he made one shot. Rebounded the ball. He was minus 11 in eight minutes. He got abused by Bones Highland. Is what happened to Shake Milton. Now, it's a battle of the benches that I remember this game for because honestly, what else is there? Nikola Jokic. He played really well tonight, but he did not command the game. The defense of the Sixers is tough. Like, got to give them their props. The defense of the Sixers is crazy tough. And, like, he played well. Nikola Jokic played really well. The stats are not lying to you when they say that he had a great game. But he did not control the game. Joel Embiid didn't control the game. He made a lot of points. But the reality is, is that both guys, I don't know. It just didn't feel like... Like, when Nikola Jokic controls a game, he owns every possession. He feels every possession with his hands and molds it. But he, he didn't do that this game. Bones Highland shot the lights out, and Ja Green defended the day. These are the memories of the Nuggets-Sixers battle. This feels like a post a postseason matchup. This feels like the finals, which is crazy, because it's it's the regular fucking season. Let's look at the standings really fast. Let's talk standings. So, the Nuggets are half a game behind Dallas. Dallas didn't play today. Or they haven't played yet. Nuggets got the early game for some reason. Now, Mavericks play... Wow, Mavericks get a couple days off. Looky there. Mavericks play at Brooklyn. They play in New York on Wednesday. Same day, Denver plays in Washington. So, wow. Not only... That's interesting. So, the Nuggets beating Philly has... Huge implications because if Brooklyn can defeat Dallas and Denver can defeat the ailing Wizards, you get yourself a fifth place team. What's crazy to me is this. Okay, so the the winning percentage looks different because we've played two fewer games, but the win total. I mean, the Sixers are forty one and twenty six. We're forty one and twenty eight. We're in the sixth seed. They're in the third. So the East came out of the gate real tough. And I think we all expected more from the likes of the Knicks, the Wizards, and the Pacers, and the Hornets, and the Hawks, and the Nets. But the reality is, is the East is largely the same. 
Now, in years past, you'd have a sub you might even have two sub five hundred teams in the East making it into the tournament, as in in the seven and eight seed. Now, this the eight seed is over five hundred. That's the Brooklyn Nets. So it is improved, but it still ain't the West. I mean, the top of the West is still markedly better than the top of the East. There are three teams in the West better than the number one team in the East. But still, I mean, the Nuggets would still be the five seed. It's just everybody is stacked on top of each other. If you get outside of those teams, right, you get outside of the Warriors, the Nuggets are now four games out of out of first place. Those first three teams are just dramatically better record-wise than the rest of the league. I have confidence that the Nuggets can beat the Warriors. The Grizz are going to be tough. The Suns, I don't think they can beat the Suns. Do I think they sweep us again? No. Bones Highland is would be the best guard in the series if he played last year. Like, I mean, no, Monte played. Monte played, right? Bones Highland would be a starter. We wouldn't be starting Facundo Campazzo or Austin Rivers. Those guys would be riding pine if we had simply Bones Highland, and Bones Highland comes off the bench. Our team is a lot deeper this year. We are better at every position, but we're a lot deeper. Where There's no way we'd get swept, but I just have a hard time thinking that that the Nuggets would take four from them. But as of right now, we're lined up to play the Golden State Warriors, and I can deal with that. I can deal with that. They got, where are they at? Uh, 68. So that means they got 14 games to get Draymond Green integrated. Tonight was his first night back. 14 games to get the fucker integrated. And um, be great if we were doing the same with our guys. Anyways, that's going to do it. This has been really long. It's been too long. I've been talking. Um, thanks for listening. I have another podcast. I have two other podcasts I mentioned earlier. I did one about the Batman. It's, it's a good show. You should listen to it. I also do a show called Tim Talks Broncos, where I talk about all the moves of the Broncos. It is basically me talking specifically just about that one team for 30 minutes. Uh, today, actually, I talked about a lot more than that. I talked about uh, the moves of the entire league. Because the Broncos didn't do anything, and but I love, I love free agency day. It's like Christmas to me. Uh, so the Broncos didn't do anything, but I, I, I still wanted to talk about it. Um, so I, I, I did. I did my best. Um, but anyways, that's going to do it for me. Uh, we don't have another show, uh, Tim Talk Sports, till Wednesday, unless the Rockies sign Chris Bryant, which is possible. It's very possible. So I might be back for an emergency sesh of this, but I will definitely be back tomorrow with the Broncos episode. And uh, if you like day trading, you're one of us. Um, I do a show called Tim Talk Stocks. It's on in the morning with a pre-market show with a recap show and then in the evening with a market close show. Um, I missed today. I wasn't feeling well, so I just just uh, thought I'd set one out. So anyways, if you wouldn't mind checking us out, Tim Talks Pod on Twitter. Um, I would really appreciate that. If you'd give me an old follow on there. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Y'all have a great evening. Go Nugs. And all hail the king. Nikola Jokic. Peace.